The Zooier Than Thou podcast is intended for adult audiences and contains mature language and content. It may not be suitable for younger audiences, so if you just hatched out of your egg yesterday, this one's not for you. My fellow zoos and the people who love them, lend me your ears. It's time for Zooier Than Thou. Hey, what can I say? You got me howling at the moon. Whoa, but don't you know the love is wild when you're a zoo. With zooier than thou. Oh, yeah. Greetings, fellow zoos, and to our non-zoo listeners, too, and welcome to another pulchritudinous episode of Zooier Than Thou. I'm Doodle Donkey, ding-dong doodly doodly do, And I'm Kitty, a very pretty kitty at that. And we'll be your host for this episode. Speaking of, Kitty, did you know you're the very first host of Zooier Than Thou who's not a zoo? I had a feeling that might be the case. What's going to be the best part of hosting, do you think? Getting to talk shit about you right to your face where everyone can hear it. Uh-oh, what have I got myself into? I sure you ask yourself that every day. <laughs> Probably much the same on your end. And that's a lot of what we're going to be discussing today on Zooier Than Now. As I understand it, you have to check your emails first. Right you are, Kitty. First off, here's an email from Some Wolf from Ohio. Some Wolf writes, I have to say, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I listen to each episode as it posts up on Spotify. You guys are great, and there definitely needs to be more people like you to get that positive message out there to the world. I, however, have to be stubborn or something, because my boyfriend, whom I am live with, now is disgusted by Asus and the community. He says he loves me, but I don't feel that he loves all of me because any conversation related to the subject of zoos or who I am is immediately dismissed in a defensive rage. I know this is probably common, but what are your views on relationships with anti-zoos and zoos? Is that even a thing in this world? Anyways, have a good day. Some Wolf writes in a follow-up email, I've always been careful about who I shared my identity with my whole life, and to be honest, I never thought I'd come across a problem with that because of how careful I've always been about it. The one person who I share my life with, who I've undoubtedly in love with, is the first person I shared my identity with, who has a very negative outlook on my identity as a zoo, to the point where I can't share my thoughts about or even as much as bring the subject up to him. He looks at it as sick and wrong and immoral, which honestly makes my stomach tie itself into knots to even think about the matter because he looks at me as if I'm flawed, undoubtedly. Yet he lives with me and shares his time with me as if he purposely ignores the fact that I feel a certain kind of way about his opinion on the matter of who I am as a person. Well, that sounds like a horrible situation to be in. My personal feelings on it is if this person is going to keep treating you like you're some sort of freak or some sort of just messed up person, might want to reconsider your relationship as hard as it is to say. Because that's not a very healthy way to look at things. I'd say maybe try to talk it out with him if he can, see if he'll like, at least try to work with you in some way. Or if he can at least just, I know it's not overly healthy, but at least just try to tone back the shaming, the it's probably time to go separate ways. 
Yeah, I think it's more of like he needs to be more understanding and actually work with you because if they're not going to work with you, then that's not really a relationship that you should even be building or even just be basically wasting your time with. And communication is like the biggest thing in a relationship, at least from what I've learned being in a relationship with a zoo. Now, this email was sent a while ago, and in following up with some wolf later on in the year, it turns out this relationship ended with some wolf breaking up with his anti-zoo boyfriend. I'm glad you found the courage to make this sort of decision for yourself. We're not sure if it's entirely because of this part of the dynamic of their relationship, or if there were other issues between them that led to the breakup. But it's important to be able to tell when it's time to break off a relationship that isn't healthy or isn't working. Mm-hmm, definitely. We've gotten a few other emails recently asking for advice or input, but they've been both marked as private, meaning we can't air them, and they've been left without contact information, so we can't respond privately. Please make sure to leave some way to contact you if you want a response for an email you don't want aired on the show. So all you anonymouses and anonymouses out there, feel free to reach back out. Up next, here's a message for Zoos from Kunzu, who writes, Hey, Kunzu here. I hope all of you zoos and even antis are doing well. I wanted to let the listeners know that I, along with many other zoos, have been working on getting us an official zoo pride flag. We have come up with many designs with many colors, but one has been sticking out the most in terms of what the community as a whole likes. So what I came to say is that it's quite possible that we have a permanent pride flag of our own very soon. I am personally very excited about it, and I wanted to let you know as well in case you haven't heard, it seems like each day we, the community, grow stronger and become better connected. Getting a pride flag of our own is something worth celebrating. This flag will only help in making each other more proud of who we are. It will give us a sense of strength, courage, and pride in who we are. I bet it will always help us connect not only on the internet, but in real life as well. This flag is something we deserve as a community, and I'm proud to say that if we don't have one by the time this episode of Zooter Than Thou comes out, we will have one soon. Anyways, thanks all of you helping in making Zooter Than Thou possible. It gives us a voice and fills each of us with pride, me included. We hope this flag will also help in giving us a voice, a voice we deserve to have. Hope everyone in the community is doing our right today. The same goes for the your non-human companions and non-humans in this world. Sorry, Toggle, for the long message. I know you have lots of cheese to get back to. Have a great day. Toggle would like to say that not all rats eat cheese, that this is a harmful rodent stereotype, and that it's a vice he's trying hard to break free of. So please do not at him with messages about cheese, cheddar, Wensleydale, or otherwise. Also, P.S., the colors on the current pride flag are awesome, and he loves them. What do you think about having a pride flag, Doodle? I think it's a good idea. I keep seeing a lot of antis saying, Oh, it's disgusting. You shouldn't have pride. You shouldn't have a flag. Whatever. It's good to have at least some sort of a flag that us zoos can wave high and say, We are zoos. We are here. Deal with it. Well, it seems like it's important to more than a few zoos out there. So thanks for the effort you're making Kuzu and Co. Our last email is in response to our furry episode from Unbearable. Unbearable writes, Hey Fausty and Toggle, and Wolfie too. I started listening to your podcast lately and I really appreciate everything you guys are doing. 
Your positive outlook has helped me stay sane these past couple weeks. I hope you guys have been safe during the virus outbreak. One of the topics that really stuck out to me in your last podcast was how the new generation is experiencing sex for the first time, and they're facing difficulties with expressing and discovering what they love. Lots of stuff is taboo now, and there's a lot of backlash towards anything that is socially deemed different. I personally think just because something is different doesn't make it any less valid, and I wish more people shared the same ideology. It's been really hard to be happy and content with who I am when people unconditionally bash me for it. I know that not everyone will be accepting of me being a zoo, but some folks won't even give me the time to explain myself. Instead, they lash out at me and degrade me. I think a lot of the backlash comes from the lack of education and resources about zoos. I've personally looked around some zoo communities and I haven't been able to find much. I find a couple of people on Twitter that I enjoyed talking to about zoo stuff. Twitter is how I found your podcast, actually. But most conversations have been in hushed voices due to the negative stigmas attached to zoos and the anti's mass reporting. Since my Twitter got suspended, I've had to hide and haven't really been able to connect with other zoos. It's got me thinking, though. Are there even any safe spaces or outlets for zoos to meet up and just talk about stuff? Some of the furry Discord communities I've been in are a bit weary to talk about it, and I don't want to be the odd one out of the bunch. I want to be happy with who I am and not be treated like an outsider. If you know of any spots where zoos can just hang out and be themselves, I'd love to join them. If there isn't any, I'd love to help build some and connect with more zoos. Thanks for all you do, Unbearable. Thank you, Unbearable, for writing in. Really appreciate it. And um, I've been holding up pretty well with this uh, coronavirus going around. I mean, I'm still working. My job doesn't really care. I mean, I could literally be like half dead and they're still gonna be like, hey, need to come in. It doesn't really matter. And things are still same on my end. Thanks. Also, thank you for the email. Coronavirus hasn't really had much of an effect on my end either. Still same old day-to-day -day stuff. The uh, life of an essential worker. Uh, it seems every generation seems to have their own different view on whether sex is a thing to embrace or a thing to shun. And we seem to have kind of come full loop around again where People have gone from, oh, sex is horrible, you should never talk about sex in public, to people being openly sexual, and... I mean, hell, we have pride parades, people marching down the street in their birthday suits, waving what what <laughs> what they were born with out in public. <laughs> and now we're starting to get a new generation of people who have decided that we need to start hiding ourselves again, which I think is completely wacky, but... Unfortunately, this is starting to become the new generation that we're... Unless it's just a PG era, like, people just want everything to be just nothing but, you know, hush-hush, you know, that's private. I mean, I get that, but at the same time, I mean, there's different people, everyone's different in how they express themselves when it comes to their sexuality. There's nothing wrong with that. Just people need to be more understanding instead of just being like, you know what, don't do that. Mm -hmm. They just need to be... It's like I thought we grew out of the, but think of the children generation. It's, we've already gotten long past that. And in my personal opinion, people need to just lighten up. Just let people be people. Yeah, you got to spread the love. So there are safe spaces for zoos to talk about things, but kind of the tricky part is most of these spaces are going to be online. And there's a lot of 
you know, people trying to infiltrate the zoo community. And it's kind of difficult to go and say, oh yeah, hop onto this message board and we'll be happy to chat with you because most of the time some anti is going to catch a whiff of it. But we do have spaces, it's just you kind of have to know a guy who knows a guy who's got a friend to get in at this point. Which is unfortunate, but hopefully things will change in the future once it's, it's a little safer to open up. Well, I don't really know anything about that because I don't really... Uh... Well, you see me on my phone constantly and I'm constantly bitching about Twitter. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Ah, this was this twelve-year-old on Twitter sent me a meme. Now my day's ruined. <laughs> uh, he sent me the SpongeBob meme. <laughs> nah, see, this is why I don't get on Twitters because I would be telling everyone off, and then I'd probably be blocked in a matter of seconds. You get suspended. I would get yeah. I wouldn't even. <laughs> my voice wouldn't even be heard. <laughs> no one would know who I am anymore. That's how banned I would be. <laughs> you get someone sending you like twelve clown emojis, like a uh, kid. Just For real. Like keep your fucking nasty ass comments to your damn self. Yeah. Sorry, I got off track. <laughs> <laughs> Endemic to Twitter is a population of trolls whose sole delight is telling people to hang themselves. Thus, Public Zoo Twitter is a space where you're faced with a whole lot of faceless, angry Twitter bots aiming to completely demoralize you. But AD Furry Twitter is a very different place, because you curate who interacts with you. So spin up a new Twitter account, set it to locked, and find other like-minded AD accounts. This can take some time, because in many situations, you need to establish a level of trust with others so that they're willing to let you in their networks. And frankly, there are plenty of bullshit accounts trying to infiltrate these spaces. Here's how to set yourself apart. Fix your Twitter handle so it's not a bunch of random numbers. Add genuine profile information. Skip the Zeta and add an F list. And remember, you don't have to tick something for every fetish listed. Just the ones that interest you or are hard passes. Add a profile pic that's personal and not from Google image search. Don't mass follow accounts. Instead, pick ones you trust and go slowly from there. Set your DMs to open so that people can contact you when you don't mutually follow. The idea is to create your own community of people that you trust to be open with, so you can talk about the things that matter to you, unfiltered, and without having to worry about someone being offended or unfollowing you. Thanks for writing us, Unbearable, and hopefully this humble podcast makes things more bearable. You can email us anytime through the form on our website, zoo.wtf. But remember to give us a way to respond to you. We get lots of emails, so we may not respond immediately. But we certainly read all the emails in our inbox. Well, now what, Doodle? Well, now we go to break for our sponsors. Do you want to do the honors? Why, certainly. We'll be back with more zooey goodness right after a word from our sponsors. But it should be zooier goodness, but good enough. <laughs> This week's podcast is sponsored by Howie Bishop's Horse Blankets. From the barn to the bedroom, let Howie keep your horses warm for the night. Howie Bishop. Hey, if you want to have sex with your horse, that's cool. Just buy our blankets. And also buy Patricia's Patisserie for the tastiest cookies in town. Doggy Fortunes Red Daily. And finally, by Anthrocon. Oh, wait, that got cancelled. Well then, uh, how about... Oh, that one was cancelled too. But there's always... No, there goes that one. Oh my god, Rise, have you seen that new guy in town? He looks like he really knows how to tune a bow. 
I hope he comes by and knocks an arrow for me. Rola, you're married. Hardly. All Kado thinks about is those damned cuckoos. He hasn't knocked an arrow for me in Hylia knows how long. Ugh, I can't tell if you're being horny. I'm just trying to sell arrows. A little bit of both. But have you seen him? Mm. Hold on. Please tell me you're not talking about the bloke in the blue tunic, running around breaking everyone's jars. Yes, girl, I swear I got a bullseye for his arrow, if you know what I mean. Rola, gross. What? He's gorgeous. Rola, he can't talk. What are you talking about? What does that have to do with anything? Well, duh. It means he can't consent. Are you being serious right now? Dead serious. He can't communicate through language. Rise, I'm pretty sure he can communicate just fine. I've seen tons of people talking to him. Yeah, but he never talks back. He just stares at them blankly as they speak. It's fucking weird if you ask me. I'm sure there's a reason for that, Rise, but he's a Hylian. Of course he can consent to sex. Oh my god, it's him. Aknaxural. Welcome to the Curious Quiver. Wow, I can't remember the last time we had a customer in here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> young folks in this village don't have much use for a bow. It's a thrill to see a young lad like you come into the shop. Uh, well, don't mind me. Take your time looking around. Do you see what I mean? It is a little strange. <clears throat> ah, fire arrows. How many were you thinking? So, all of them. That will run about 160 rupees. How's that sound? <laughs> My, my. Eager, aren't we? I'll be sure to make some more for you, then. What in the world? I don't know. We seemed to communicate just fine. And look at all these rupees. You must join me for dinner. I'm going to make something expensive. You're totally missing the point, Rola. He can't talk. He can't say yes or no. Well, okay, but he certainly agreed to buying all of those fire arrows, didn't he? That's different. How in Hylia's name is that different? It just is. Very convincing. Look, he's too young for me anyway, Rise. It's not like he's actually going to stick an arrow in my quiver anytime soon. You're not getting it. Look, come with me. Ow, let go of my wrist. You're being too rough. Hey, you. Young Hylian, huh? Rola has something to ask you. We say, what the... Well, hello. Uh, that... That's right, my good man. I knew it the moment I saw you. I had you figured for one heck of an archer, and I'm head over heels for a fine slice of man that can use a bow. <laughs> so, how about it? Why not take out that bow and show me something special? <laughs> See, he pulled out his bow. <sighs> He knows what a bow is, Rola. He probably just heard you say the word bow and pulled it out. I like your attitude. All you gotta do is light the torches by the goddess statue. Think you're up to the challenge? Mm. Ah, the thought of a young hunk drawing a bow just makes my day. Rola! Look, I know you don't think we can communicate because he can't speak, but clearly he's perfectly capable of communicating. That was a complex task. You can train a horse to do a complex task. It doesn't mean they can understand what you're saying. We say you're being absolutely ridiculous. 
Well, you wouldn't make a pass at a horse just because he was a hunk, would you? <laughs> well, I might not, but by the looks of it, the young lad might. Oh, I didn't know horses could make out like that. Me neither. What's the matter? I don't hear you complaining about horses now. Well, it's different. They can communicate with each other, but it doesn't mean the rest of us can understand them or that they can understand us. Girl, you're crazy. I guess I just have poor taste in men. First cuckoos and now horses. Maybe I should just bag me a proper Rito man. They sure know how to use a bow. Rola, they're practically birds. Oh, for Hylia's sake. Come on, you weirdo. Help me close up shop. Welcome back, fellow zoos. It's your boy, Toggle, and your dragon, Sigma, here with me. Uh, as you can tell, I am taking a break from hosting duties today, but I am here to help with some of our interviews uh, for this episode. And our first one is going to be with me and Sigma. Say hey, Sigma. Mm, I busy nibbling on Toggle's ear. <laughs> oh my goodness. Don't tell him that. No, <laughs> that we're breaking social distancing. <laughs> uh, how are you, Toggle? I'm doing all right. Uh, so as our listeners probably could guess, you and I are both in relationships with non-zoos. And so that's kind of our topic. That's the dynamic we're going to discuss because uh, uh, I think a lot of zoos are going to find themselves in this situation and it's not always uh, cut and dry. It sure isn't. It really isn't. Describe a little bit about how your dynamic is with your husband. Is a husband? Uh, yes, my husband. All right, go for it. The, uh, the first thing you got to know uh, is that uh, most of the time, how your romantic partner deals with one thing about you that is weird and out there that hardly anybody understands, they're going to... Uh, deal with everything in that way. I come from a rural background. I like to go outside in my bare feet. A lot of people from urban backgrounds think that that's crazy and, and they think that nobody does that. <laughs> you know what? He deals with it in the same way. He, he's not really comfortable with it. He does not like it. He's not going to throw <laughs> me out. He's, he's not going to break up with me over it, but he just does not necessarily get along great with it because he's squeamish over it. Yeah. And he's got a princess complex and he's always going to have a princess complex for as long as he lives. <laughs> and, he, uh, and, and most of the time, really, to tell you the truth, let me tell you the truth. Most of the time, it's adorable. It's uh, most of the time <laughs> that aspect of his uh, personality is actually kind of cute. It has its moments where it's inconvenient. The way that he deals with my differences, uh, me being a zoo, being only one of them, uh, uh, just goes with the territory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that observation is probably correct. Thinking to how my husband uh, responded to it, um, Bear tends to react to things with a sense of... Uh, caution and paranoia and uh, he's very much of a person that's kind of like everything has to be done by the law by the books um, so like he had no problem with me being a zoo and that was part of the reason why I agreed to even start dating um, if I, I came out to him before we started dating and his acceptance of that was 
one big reason why I was comfortable to start dating and another big reason why I was comfortable later on deciding to get married. Um, but you know, I remember early on, he talked to his primary care physician and said, you know, I'm dating an active zoo. Uh, is there anything that I should be wary of? And of course he went, oh yeah, well, you know, there's always these, um, uh, I can't remember the one that he mentioned. It was some something that actually is pretty rare, uh, but that made my husband a little paranoid about it and so obviously he, he's very wary of any interaction like that because of that um, and that's really how he reacts to a lot of things it's like if, if a figure of authority tells him something he's much more apt to acquiesce to it than I am obviously I'm a big rebel that's kind of in my nature uh, he's very much uh, like just do what the, the authority people say to you and I guess we balance each other out that way. So let me ask you this. What other issues uh, made you two compatible with one another? Uh, since, you know, obviously, zoo is not your commonality. What is it that brought you together? Simon and Garfunkel. Oh. Both of us just happen to love the uh, the specific type of uh, uh, romance that, uh, uh, that that voice happens to appeal to. And we get mm. caught up in it. We get swept away by it. Um, both of us are, are really uh, deeply, incredibly romantic people by nature even though we're very different people and uh mm. in almost every other possible way we're both very romantic individuals oh i love that me and bear got together we're both furries so that's the community we came from both being furries but like my last boyfriend i also came up at, at a zoo and it didn't really seem to be a problem but whenever my last boyfriend would talk about marriage there was this part of my mind that was like oh god being trapped in this monogamous relationship is not really going to work for me. But um, when I started dating Bear, um, we started in a monogamous relationship. It opened up to to having other play partners um, and us having established the trust needed to be able to do that. Uh, and and that being a far more comfortable situation for me uh, meant that. You know, I, I was much more comfortable, you know, committing my life uh, to a, a relationship like that. And of course, we have other things like a lot of ways we're, we're really opposites. But, you know, we both share a love for music. Um, I, I think we have a balancing effect on each other. Like he's super anxious and paranoid and I'm really chill and like just, you know, let it go. It's going to be all right. You know, he's kind of goth and pretentious and I'm very much... He, he, he's the pageantry and I'm the, the less pageantry punk, you know? It, it's about saying fuck you uh, rather than, you know, being dark and spooky and, and dressed up. Uh, yeah, whereas uh, you know, with my husband, you know, he is he is more of the more of the dressing up kind of goth, and I am more mm -hmm. of the uh, absolutely amazingly geeky kind of goth that is <laughs> uh, like a little ridiculously. Oh, my literate. definitely geeky. Uh, that's um, kind of the dynamic there. That's that's kind of where we're a little bit the same and a little bit different at the same time. In regards to you being a zoo, um, and potentially acting on those sexual desires what is your dynamic with your husband on that issue <laughs> ew icky ew stop talking about that ew 
Really? Like that? Seriously? Uh, in, the, in the squealy voice? Yes. We are talking about oh, my husband. My <laughs> okay. He really does get like that. <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. Um, uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit old, though. It can get irritating, but yeah, he's like that. <laughs> That's hilarious. So do you... Do you discuss zoo stuff with him at all? I mentioned to him if somebody that I'm talking to uh, happens to be a zoo. I mean, he knows you're a zoo and, you know, that, I, uh, mm-hmm. that, that I'm talking with. All of you listening into this podcast, you gotta get, get away from the black and white as uh, pro zoo versus anti-zoo mindset because you know what? If, you're, if your romantic partner is squeamish, they're not gonna stop being squeamish. They're they're just like that and, and they're always going to be like that uh, because well, see, like, of, of I think they there's are. a difference between an anti zoo and someone who's a little squicked out. Like yeah. to me, an anti anti zoo involves a certain amount of explicit bigotry, not mm-hmm. simply like oh that kind of is weird, uh, but specifically I, we want to make your life as a living hell. You know that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, and I mean, we want to kill your animals secretly. Yeah, and quite frankly, a real dyed in the wool anti is a closet sociopath uh, that's that's hiding under a false mask of morality. Um, so mm, I, 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 mm. I, I mean, someone who is not really that bad of a person can be anti in their sentiments. I get that they can be taken in by the lies, they can be taken in by the BS, and uh, that that does that does not make them evil. Uh, but but the real antis, the ones that uh, uh, the, a lot of us in the community uh, are dealing with and trying to get other people to understand, we are dealing with <laughs> uh, that are a serious problem mm-hmm. for us. Uh, these people are stinking nuts, dude. These people are nuts, and uh, and, and no, I would not marry that kind of a person. I would marry somebody that had a little bit of prejudice, uh, if. if that person had uh, uh, enough redeeming qualities, uh, I, I would I would still know that um, uh, that might not be an easy thing to talk about. But but the real antis, look, dude, those people mm-hmm. are insane, and that, that's a lot different than someone just having some prejudice. Right. Well, let me let me ask you this. Earlier in the episode, we Doodle and Kitty looked at an email uh, from someone who was struggling with a relationship with someone who was um, seemed to be anti-zoo. In reading that, what are your thoughts there? From the sound of it, uh, we're uh, dealing here not with the, the the kind of toxic, super duper crazy people that a lot of us in the community are dealing with, but uh, but we're dealing with basic prejudice, and that's not the same as these lunatics online that are dotsing us and stalking us and threatening to kill us but on the other hand uh yeah it is it's it's difficult to deal with you have to deal with people you have to deal with their assumptions their prejudices uh when you're going into a relationship with them and my personal thoughts on that is is looking at that i see someone who's unhappy and is being made to feel like they're lesser because of their sexuality by someone they're in a relationship with. I I agree. And while uh, it is in the gray area, the gray area is really some pretty broad territory. And uh, and at some point, you just have to make a decision. I mean, is this person going to be so judgmental and abrasive that you really cannot live with this person? Because even if, if something else comes up that that person can't really deal with very well, is that person really going to change? And the answer probably is no. Mm. So for me, my big um, issue, I suppose, in regards to my zoosexuality and my relationship is that I, 
you know, I know that I can be openly zoo. I can have zoo friends. You know, I obviously I'm doing this podcast and he knows about it. Mm-mm. But I feel like I can't talk with him about a lot of the stuff that's going on. And, you know, sometimes he surprises me with the types of things he's willing to discuss with me. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I've, I've expressed this to him before. Like, you know, I feel like this is something I'm not able to talk with you about. And uh, he's basically been like, you know, that doesn't involve me. I'm, I don't want to really discuss it. Uh, and he has the same sort of um, mentality when it comes to sex that I'm having with other people um, that he's not involved in. It's like, you know, that's that's fine. I'm not involved in it. I don't really want to discuss it. Mm-hmm. But I remember I posed the question to him, like, what if, wouldn't you want to know if I were having sex with Joey? And he didn't answer. So that's just not something that we talk about. And so I, I, what I find is that I'm in a situation where I don't really know where we stand on, to some extent. I know he has other zoo friends and he talks to me about them. Yeah, I, I, it's not that he's prejudiced against it, but but the, the other thing is that a lot of times our values as a zoo and a non-zoo clash a little bit. So for instance, um, he has said that, you know, Joey is my baby, you know, that, that kind of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to me, honestly, Joey is my partner, my friend. You know, obviously, I, I kind of have a more casual relationship to sex. So I, I really think, you know, when when you when I talk about friends, uh, uh, friends with benefits is, is totally on the table. So when, for instance, the vet's like, hey, are you, are you going to get this dog spayed and neutered? And I'm like, absolutely not. I'm hardline not doing it. And... Sometimes Bear's like, just, you know, eventually you're just going to have to do it. It's against the law. You're supposed to do it. I'm like, no, not doing it ever. It's not going to happen. Um, regardless of whether or not I were playing around with Joey, I wouldn't do it. That's hard line for me. Just, no, you don't chop off someone's nuts, you know? And, and so sometimes those values clash. And I think he's very much like, don't rock the boat on this type of thing. Don't um, <laughs> give anyone any sort of hint that you might be a zoo I'm dealing with that with my partner too. He he's like so. Don't tell anybody about this. Oh no! So we're gonna get in trouble. Romantic partnerships uh, are not ever going to be leave it to Beaver perfect. Right. I think that a lot of what destroys otherwise good relationships is a false expectation that it's going to be maybe our own personal version of leave it to beaver perfect and real life does not work that way and it cannot work that way for instance this email that you showed me of a partner that can go into a defensive rage some people that are very very resilient can deal with a romantic partner that is like that and some people cannot and uh, and i do not really know what to tell that person because different people have different personal limitations of what they can is very very needy oh yeah he is (laughs) um uh, uh, different people have different ability to cope and I could deal with this person, maybe, but I'm not sure everybody could deal with a person like this guy's partner. Um, right. s- at some point, if you realize you just can't take it, you have got to be realistic with yourself about your own limitations. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because 
you think that somebody else might be able to deal with it. If realistically you can't, then trying to kid yourself about that is not really a great idea because right. because the kind of person this guy is, even if a different subject comes up that he's not comfortable with, it's not going to change. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. You know, my, my whole thing is that relationships do take some amount of compromise, but I feel like also relationships should be fulfilling for both parties. Agreed. Uh, and if there is... If there's something that you are having left unfulfilled as part of the relationship, you really should address it um, or talk about it, or it may be time to really be realistic with yourself and break up that relationship. Um, that said, you know, like you said, you can't really expect everything to be perfect and uh, for you to get along at all times about everything. Um, and. I think part of the resilience of a relationship really depends on being able to have fights and make up. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And to have disagreements and, and then come to some sort of understanding with one another. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, or or being able to live and let live in some ways. Uh, hurrah. But yeah, it, it takes a little bit of work and a little bit of compromise, but it's definitely possible to be more or less happy in a, in a relationship with a non-zoo. As a zoophile, I think. Yep. It uh, just comes down to being realistic about both ourselves and about our partners. And also, uh, Toggle, uh, keep in mind uh, that you and I came out to our partners early uh, before right. we even got too serious. I did, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, when, when my husband and I were seeing each other only once every two weeks, he was actually still at the stage of talking to other people that he might have ended up with instead of me right so but it he was still chose you uh, yes it, it was it was very early on it was very early on before we were really anchored to each other mm-hmm. right and same for me i i wasn't even thinking of dating my husband at that time when i when i came out to him it wasn't even like you know I was more like, I'm ready to just stop dating altogether. So yeah, and I wonder, what do you think about a dynamic between a, a zoo-exclusive, perhaps anthropo-romantic uh, relationship uh, with, a, with a, you know, non-zoo? Well, the other would have to be either asexual, uh, which is to say an ace of hearts, not an ace of spades, but an ace of hearts, um, as the asexual community calls them, or okay with getting parts of what they need satisfied on Tinder or Grindr. Uh, right, so, or from other friends that are or, yeah, or, or from their FWBs, yes. Mm-hmm. So I I could imagine it working if uh, you know if if a couple would like to write in uh, and talk to us about a dynamic that has worked for them that is mm-hmm. in that odd sort of territory, then uh, we'd like to hear it. I was going to say we're about to hear from it here right after this hey, from Doodle cool. and kitty so hopefully we'll have they'll have some insight um and maybe really be able to discuss those kinds of issues that they have and if there's ways to get around it all righty we'll be right back fellow zoos with more zoo here in the now right after this the years have gone by and i feel like i can't even look at myself in the same way i feel like 
I'm not me. I feel like I'm a stranger to those I talk to, to those I love and cherish. The time has come to confess my feelings. My feelings towards animals. This is my confession of who I am. You probably already know that I'm a furry, but that isn't the full story. From a young age, I've been more attracted to animals than humans in almost every way. This is one of the main reasons why I'm a furry today, to be completely honest with you. You're probably asking yourself, why in the world are you telling me this? I'm not entirely sure myself. I felt the need for you to know the person you are friends with, the true me. I'm asking you to see me as someone who you can still trust and love. I'm still the person you saw yesterday, and the one who you will see tomorrow. But now you know the truth about me. This is my confession. My choice. <laughs> no. This is my life. And we're back, fellow zoos, with Doodle and Kitty. Hey guys, what y'all doing? How y'all doing? Is it good? It's good? Hello everyone, good? welcome back. I think we're doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> are you sure about that? Yeah, I took a cat nap, so I'm pretty good. Good, <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so tonight we're going to talk about, kind of, I mean, it can get a little heavy. So we're talking about relationship stuff between zoos and non-zoos. So just a disclaimer for you guys, um, there are there is the potential for... Some of this to get a little uncomfortable or for things to be said that may make you feel a little weird. Um, if something that I say broaches a topic you don't really want to go into, um, feel free to let me know. We can kind of move past. I want to make sure everyone's comfortable. But I also um, want to really, really examine the zoo-non-zoo relationship. And you guys are particularly interesting because you've got a zoo-exclusive and an anthropo-exclusive. It, 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 it's an interesting dynamic, which is, I do know other zoos with this dynamic, but I think it, it, it's something that uh, is interesting to, to kind of examine and, and really talk about and try maybe help other people in their relationships as well. So, with that out of the way, are y'all good? Yeah. Yep, I believe we are good to go. <clears throat> Alright, well let's start with the easy stuff. I want to know, what is it between the two of you that would attract you guys together. So what is it that, that makes you guys enjoy each other's company? Well, we do have some, some shared interests. Games are a good starter. And that's one that I was, I used to be big into games and that part of me kind of died off for a while. And then I bumped into her and she's like, quote unquote, gamer girl. Go figure. Oh yeah? yeah. And a Jurassic Park enthusiast. Oh yeah. Oh. Definitely. That's, that's kind of how we first met in the first place. We were at a friend's place. He introduced us together and, Jurassic Park, was it one or three? I think it was one. It was one. It was one. Jurassic Park 1 comes on TV, and she's just, like, glued to the TV, staring <laughs> at him, like, oh, sweet. I'm like, you like Jurassic Park? I'm like, yeah. Well, yeah, because I've loved dinosaurs since I was a kid, so that shit's yeah. awesome. Cool. So Jurassic Park, I was going to say, do you guys go to, like, a Jurassic Park convention or something? Oh, no, no, she just <laughs> likes Jurassic Park. It's yeah, a good cool. movie. I like it, too. I like anything dinosaurs, so like that's yeah. that shit's opinions funny. on the newer movies. Uh, um, they're okay. Yeah, I'd give it like a four, four to ten. It was uh, apparently supposed to be a new one coming out. Oh god. See, but I, I, I kind of like love. What's his name? The main Chris guy. Pratt? 
Chris Pratt. Yeah. Chris Pratt. yeah. I would have I think his he's pretty children. good in it. <laughs> but uh, on top of the movie stuff, we did kind of have some personality things that meshed well with each other. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, I think like we have a good like we're always funny with each other all the time. We kind of have a good dynamic. We kind of like feed off of each other because in a way we're also total opposites. But say mm-hmm. in, in a way where one of us is lacking, the other one kind of makes up for it, and we switch back and forth on that. Ah, yeah. cool. I have noticed that you guys cut up a lot uh, in the downtime while we're doing some recording. Yeah. So I want to ask Kitty, what what is it that draws you to Doodle? Um, I think it's just more of like he's, like I said, probably like an opposite of me because I'm more, I would say, outgoing and more, I guess, relaxed and chill. And he's more shy and and in like his own like way. And I kind of very high strung. Yeah, and I I like that. (laughs) For some reason, I don't know why, but I do. (laughs) I was about to say. <laughs> so yeah, so she's chill and relaxed, and you are high strung. And uh, I think I used to be with... chill and relaxed at one point. <laughs> yeah, until you got with me, huh? And it just changed. Yeah, everything was flushed down the toilet. The yeah. big swirling whirlpool of insanity. Sorry, I'm just making that up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he just be, he used to be really really shy and just mm-hmm. let people really walk all over him, and I hated that. Oh, like that really? drove me absolutely nuts. My I, mushroom phase. Yes. I used oh, to have. God. I used to leave my hair really long and just not really do anything but comb it straight. And she said I used to look like a mushroom. Oh Fuck. my gosh. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, like I, I was like, I'm sorry, but we gotta do something with you. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> I'm trying For a to while, she it. used to describe me as like a Ken doll, and she's just like morphing me into what it should be. <laughs> apparently, I was hiding myself. Isn't that right? Yeah, you were. You really were. I was just being myself. I know, but <laughs> I, I saw another side of you that I know most didn't, and I, I, I wanted you to really show that. Well, now it's showing. Yeah. Now look at me, Mr. Macho Man Fancy Guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kitty, I, I understand you are the one that pursued the relationship in this one, correct? She insists that I did, but I insist that she did. So I don't ah, think we're ever okay. going to have like a... Um, uh, you're the one that told me that you love me first, and yeah, you asked you, me on a date first. Yeah, you whooped my ass in Galaga. <laughs> I thought I was supposed to ask you on a date, because that's what Isn't you that do. Like the, that's what you do. If you get kicked, you ask kicked in Galaga, you ask the person on a date. <laughs> uh-huh, especially when that person's a chick that whooped my <laughs> ass in Galaga, and I thought I was king at that. Yeah, he didn't believe me when I told him, like, oh, yeah, I'm really big into games. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. And I and then, yeah, he was fucking really? wrong. Wow, you got your ass handed to you. you oh, know, he gets his ass handed in every game we play. Shut up. Oh, wow. <laughs> it it wow. is true, though. She's been, yeah, so she's definitely got more uh, game skills than I do because I was only gaming for, like, six years, and then I had to stop, and then I kind of, you know, went into the country life and... She didn't. She just kept playing. Well, I'm not about the. I'm not. I'm honestly not about the country life, and that's what is very different between me and him. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm more of a like vampire that wants to stay in my room and never see the daylight ever again. If it was really up to me. Green Acres. <laughs> but this one here drags me outside constantly, which is okay sometimes. The sun doesn't okay, like her. Yeah. Oh, do you have sensitive skin? Yeah, yep. I'm mm-hmm. like freaking ghostly pale. I can blind oh, somebody. Yeah. My husband is the same way. He's also a vampire. 
Uh, <laughs> he burns. It's funny. You can actually watch him burn. Like if you sit and, and watch his skin <laughs> on a hot summer day, you can physically see it as oh, it yeah, roasts. That's me too. It's like cooking mm-hmm. an egg on a sidewalk, but his skin instead. Yeah, I just turned into a lobster. Yikes! And I am blessed with not sunburned skin. I just tan. Right. Pisses me off. He has that beautiful olive skin, like yours truly. What's the other hand doing? What? Holding a microphone. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's nowhere to set this thing in the car. <laughs> Good excuse, okay. honey. Whatever. <laughs> just, just don't look down. <laughs> All right. So it, the the story is interesting. So you you kind of both found this yourselves in this relationship. Um, now I understand it's not always been the easiest thing to be a part of for either of you for various different reasons. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the things that have been difficult because I feel like some of those things are really going to resonate with people and then we can kind of go back to more positive things. So I want to start with Kitty. What sort of things have been really difficult about dating a zoo exclusive like Doodle? Um, I just think it's more with us, probably just like our sex life has been extremely hard. Mm. Mostly. Well, yeah, that would be expected. So, so how do you, how do you, what, what, go ahead and kind of elaborate. I'm gonna let you elaborate. Well, when we got together, I didn't really know too much about this kind of life. Mm-hmm. And I just expected to be in a normal relationship. Right. I wasn't expecting more. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, when we first started, everything was great. And then after a little while, it just kind of went downhill with mm-hmm. just the sex life. And like, it's been extremely difficult because I came from a really bad relationship before him. Mm. And I basically was, he gave me, I guess, like that hope of, everything was going to be better like you know what i mean like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i thought things were going to be good right and it really wasn't like it wasn't right. what i was expecting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's just been difficult in a way right. there's so good let me days. ask you uh, oops, i don't mean to interrupt oh, real quick though now you said you come from a bad relationship before is that in terms of sex or was it abusive or what was it that was lacking in that last one um, well, I was in a four-year relationship, and I was engaged, and, oh. uh, yeah. And we just basically just drifted apart, and he Ooh. was basically, he cheated on me. Oh, no. And, yeah, and it just, it was yeah. just really bad, and it, it just, yeah. you know, so after, mm-hmm. you know, going through that, and then going through something like this, it's mm-hmm. just... Mm-hmm. In a way, I feel like I'm like, oh my god, I'm cursed. <laughs> but <laughs> well, let me ask you a quick question about that. Um, when did Zoodle come out to you as a zoo? Before or after you started dating? After. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you know, Doodle? What was it that led you to come out? I could tell that she was starting to figure out something's a little bit weird about me. Um, mm-hmm. She, I was getting a little concerned when she seemed a little. Uh, what What's the word for it? Suspicious suspicious. of why I was so overly (laughs) dedicated to my mare and why Mm. she wasn't allowed to have a certain day of the week that is specifically for me and my mare. 
Mm-hmm. And we just happened to be in the car sitting in front of her house having a conversation about kink stuff and mm-hmm. fetishy stuff. And she was telling me about her stuff and was saying, well, you could tell the story, the one that said this. Oh, uh, when I was asking you? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, because I was asking him, like, well, what do you like? Because I, I had a feeling something was up. I just had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. I just... Like, I just didn't know what it was. And then he told me, and I was like... She wouldn't tell me hers, and I was saying, well, there's no way in heck it's as bad as mine. And she said hers, and like, well, it's yours. And I'm just like, um... And I I kept dancing around it for a little bit, and I was like, well, I guess the letter, and... (laughs) Eventually, I... Yeah, Yeah, it was bad. (laughs) I'm not... The first two times I've ever come out, I was not very good at just getting straight to the point, like... It, right. it well, it's hard. You don't really know how to do it, and you're worried about the reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And but uh, eventually so it I, popped I, out. Yeah, eventually it finally popped out, and well, she can tell you the rest. I'm not speaking for her. Well, we were dating like what a few months in until you not told. Not even a few months. It was like two weeks. Eh, whatever. <laughs> These things happen where you, you kind of have timelines weird. So we'll say a few weeks to a month, give or take. Yeah. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. Well. When he told me that, I just kind of thought it was like, I guess like, oh, he just likes that stuff. You know what I mean? Like not like it's actually, a kink. It's not a sex. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I was just kind of like, oh, okay, that's that's whatever. And then he was like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, it's more. And I'm like, oh, oh, shit. I right. still remember saying, wait, have you done things with? Like, yeah. <laughs> All right, so from there, how did things change? Well, when he told me, like, I, I'm not going to lie, I was freaking out inside. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I've never freaked out that hard. Because mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, my God, what if I'm like, well, I just got out of, like, this really bad relationship and I found all this other stuff and then now this. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And it was just so much to process. Right. And... I know he was scared, so that's why I, I felt kind of bad, because, like, I know he was super scared. Mm-hmm. So, like, a part of me was like, you know what? I'm not gonna just be like, you know what? I can't do this and just walk away from it, because I don't mm-hmm. know anything about this. Mm-hmm. And I did care about him a lot already. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I just felt like it wasn't the right thing to do, mm-hmm. to walk away from something that I didn't even give a chance. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh... So I just kind of told him, you know what? Let's just give it a shot, and it's fine the way that you are, and we'll be, we'll figure it out. We definitely did go through an adjusting period because it went from, well, uh, if you're gonna do that, don't even don't even do it, don't even do it if I'm anywhere near you, don't tell me about it, and then it kind of went to, well, you can do that, just don't tell me about it, and then it it just kind of went up from there until we're at the point we are now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as you become as you become more comfortable with it. Um you were more open to to entertaining it as an idea. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I've it took me a really long time to come to terms with many things because I was dealing with jealousy and mm-hmm. just, you know, feeling like... I just felt like kind of like I was the side chick, you know what I mean? Like, I know it sounds right. absolutely terrible, no, but... I understand. I, like, I literally feel like that. And sometimes I do feel like that still. It's just, I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm always going to feel like that. Mm -hmm. And I do have moments where I am jealous, but Mm -hmm. I can't do anything about that. 
like literally there's nothing I can do and I've kind of just come to terms with it and it sounds horrible and no. most people be like oh you shouldn't no, no, no. you know I don't think but. it sounds real I think it's real I think it's a real thing um, now my understanding from the last time we talked Kitty is that you come from a more uh, Christian background and those that's where your morals kind of center themselves yeah. so for you uh, monogamy is kind of a very important part of your definition of a relationship is that correct yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, that's always been how I, you know, did things, so... Right. Um, which, now we are in this interesting situation where, yes, he's he, you are his only human girlfriend, but, you know, he also has this mare, you know, that is, is kind of the center of his world as well. Um, and so I, I remember originally you were like... You, see, you said something on the last time we talked... You're like, if it were a girl, this would be very different. But it's a mare, so there's something different about that. Yeah. How did you get to that point where... I mean, obviously, there's still some some tension there, but how did you get to the point where it was like, oh, well, I mean, it's it's a horse? Uh, I guess after a while, Mm -hmm. because I I just felt like I was fighting a battle that just wasn't going Mm -hmm. anywhere. And Mm -hmm. I was tired, like, Mm. drained every single day, and... Mm-hmm. I just got to the point where I felt like it was either I was going to leave or I just told myself, I'm like, I got to get my shit together mm-hmm. and figure this out and make it work somehow, some way. Because mm-hmm. like I, I do, I love him very much and it's just, it's just hard having to adjust from, you know, a completely different world in a way. Right. Now. Uh, I, I'll come back to you, obviously, Doodle, um, but I'm focused a little bit on Kitty here because uh, I no, think fine. that's the perspective a lot of zoos maybe uh, would be interested in hearing. I'd say one of the things that is often generally um, thrown out uh, in these sorts of situations uh, is, you know, allowing your partner to get their sexual needs fulfilled in other places, whether that's uh, opening up the relationship so that your your anthroposexual um, partner can be like, hey, I, I need to get some human dick. I'm going to go do that. And then you come back at the end of the day. Um, or have s- certain friends that you uh, are opened up to, specifically those people. Different kind of arrangements where um, your needs are still fulfilled, but not from, say, Doodle. Now, again, coming from a Christian background, I imagine that's kind of a weird thing for you. Um, I assume Doodle brought that up but what was your reaction to that yeah he did bring it up to me and i'm not gonna lie i was super like pissed off Mm. i was very very mad okay because it's just not something that that's just not me at all because i've (laughs) i mean i came from a relationship before that i was cheated on and like Mm -hmm. i don't i don't want anything like that and Mm -hmm. he doesn't understand that nope he has no idea how I feel. He has no idea how anything like that has ever, like, work. So right. he doesn't understand how anything of my feelings. And that's the hardest part is mm-hmm. trying to, you know, talk to somebody about that. Mm-hmm. And they just, mm-hmm. it feels like, you know, they don't understand. And in a way, I felt like he didn't even care, you know, because mm. it wasn't him. It was me. Uh, I think a lot of people have different ways of processing a relationship. So, for for instance, I'm going to say, talk about me for a second. For me, uh, when I was in a monogamous relationship, um, and my boyfriend at the time was talking about marriage, uh, it scared the shit out of me, because, like, 
part, there was a part of me deep down that was like, you can't do this forever. Um, and the situation that I'm in now, I, I got into a different monogamous relationship. We formed enough trust that we were able to kind of like open it up where my boyfriend at the time, now husband, wasn't feeling jealousy. Uh, and that kind of progressed until we were very comfortable with it. And um, so that works for me because the idea of monogamy for me feels like being trapped. But at the end of the day, even if I play with my friends, uh, I'm living with my husband. He's the one that I come home to and that sort of thing. So that dynamic works for me. Now, for other people, which I am going to include you in this, Kitty, um, that arrangement feels like a violation of uh, what a relationship is, I guess, sort of. Uh, or it feels like cheating, or it feels like um, if I have to go somewhere else to get this, then what's the point? So there are different ways of really looking at that kind of relationship dynamic. And sometimes, like, for me, it's it's really hard for me to understand, to be honest, uh, you know, strictly monogamous type relationships where you don't want anyone else or anything like that. Um, and so sometimes it's just a matter of not really understanding those values when they're not your own, you know? Yeah. And no, so that. that can be a challenge. And that's the other way. It's the other way around, too. So... Um, he has trouble understanding your values. You have a, a, a trouble understanding his. And so there's this kind of, you know, disconnect and that core part of the relationship. So, Doodle, for you, what is it that makes this relationship most difficult for you? It's the trying to keep Kitty satisfied part. Um, mm -hmm. Because for me, I still have a lot of issues with being physical with a human which mm -hmm. it makes things a little more confusing in our relationship because in the very beginning we were kind of going at it like bunny rabbits mm -hmm. and then after a short while everything just for me everything completely died mm -hmm. and to this day I'm still having issues physically making things work sometimes mm -hmm. it just a random little switch just boop flips and suddenly I feel perfectly fine about it and we have no trouble doing things but 90% of the time nothing clicks at all Mm -hmm. with, you know, physical intimacy. Right. And so... So it's been pretty difficult, uh, mostly for her. Right. Now, when you say satisfied, you're speaking specifically physically satisfied, or are there other ways? I'd say mostly physically, but also emotionally as well. Mm-hmm. What, what are your challenges with uh, emotionally satisfying? Uh, the romance part. Um, I mm. do have quite a bit of issues with being romantic with people as well which also it makes it confusing too because we didn't really have an issue with romance beginning either yeah mm -hmm. so romance mm -hmm. as well i just i have a difficult time with a lot of physical stuff including romance and sex of course so obviously it, there's a worry that the needs being fulfilled part there's a, a sort of a, an imbalance so with kitty you're missing things like romance and sex is that correct yeah Okay. Basically. And Doodle, is there anything you feel like you're missing? Not really. I guess you're in a situation where uh, the, the answer to solving those needs is not quite so simple. And uh, I think if I can speak for you, Doodle, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, I think for Doodle, it's like, this is a simple solution. Why, why doesn't the simple solution work? That's, yeah, that's where I'm at as well. Yeah, but you, what you're missing is that there's an emotional aspect to the simple situation uh, the simple solution um that isn't working for kitty 
so there is there are there's the you know the detached version of okay uh well obviously if i can't have sex with you you should have sex with other people um but then there's the the emotional baggage that comes with you should have sex with other people which is why she gets angry that recalls her past relationship uh that defies her um you know her expectations for what a relationship is um it defies her values of a relationship so those types of shall we say you know two-legger things uh which are not invalid because they're two-legger things but are probably a little harder to understand when you're used to dealing with four-legger things um those types of things can be kind of lost and don't quite make sense but for both of you what i'm what i'm kind of gathering is there is i feel like from doodle he's trying to make you happy and i feel like from kitty you feel that this relationship this relationship should work and that you should keep working at it so i'm wondering what is it that makes you feel like you should keep working at this relationship tim i've had to figure out that it's not always about sex and about the romance and mm-hmm. I've had to figure out that it's not all about that. Mm-hmm. And we do work really well with each other besides that. And I guess what really, I guess, drives me is that from the past, like mm-hmm. a lot of things that we did in the past, mm-hmm. it is good memories and I don't want to lose them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like when he's, because <clears throat> there's days where he's like that old self again, that I, the person that I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And there's days where he's this different person that he, to me, it feels like mm-hmm. he doesn't even like know anything, like anything that's happened. Mm. It's just a different person. So and what is it that, what is the, what marks the difference between the old self and this other person? The old self was more like loving and understanding and mm-hmm. super just chill and not, you know, jump to conclusions and getting upset. And you know what I mean? Like I can actually talk to him mm-hmm. and make things work and there's days where he's just you know someone else and so what so i really want to kind of get to what someone else is and what i first imagine is high strung is the first quality of someone else yeah it's just it's, he's just it's i i guess difficult in a way mm-hmm. we're because i'm more with us we're very different because i'm that type of person where if something bad happens mm-hmm. i get over it very quickly mm-hmm. Like, if you say sorry, like, I, I get that, and I get over it. Him? Oh, no. It's, <laughs> it's like, an all-day thing. Like, if I piss him off, it's all day. <laughs> and maybe the next day, and the next day after that, and it's like, dude, get over it, you know? Like, that's me. Like, just fuck. Like, I'm over it. And I don't, I don't get mad at, like, I feel like a lot of things he gets mad at are very small things. Mm-hmm. I get mad at big things. Well, let's, let's that's, qualify that's that, because I feel like what that probably is is again that sort of um not understanding each other's values so like for you the big things are big and his things seem like trivial like why are you even upset about that um doodle would it be fair to say that you have the same feeling yeah there's there are definitely quite a few things where i see it as a big deal something that needs to be worked on needs to be figured out and there's a lot of things where she doesn't really see it as an issue and just kind of wants to skirt past it and focus on something else and what about the other way around where she has something that that she thinks is a big issue do you feel like like why are you even worried about that sometimes but not terribly often usually when she thinks something is a big deal it's a really big deal oh so she has the quantifiably objectively big deal type of thing interesting okay 
Go ahead. Uh, what were you going to keep saying, Kitty? I didn't mean to interrupt you. Like I said, he dwells on things, mm-hmm. and I'm just not like that. Like, mm-hmm. I I can't. I'm I'm not like that. Right. I I feel like, it's to me, it's a waste of time because, like, mm-hmm. I want to be happy. I want to be positive. I want to keep moving in my life. I don't want to dwell on, you know, things that... Yeah, you know, it's kind of the same with me and my husband where he, he has a lot of anxiety, and he holds grudges, and he, and he kind of... Um, Mm-hmm. Holds on to stuff. For yeah, me, I think just roll right me. off my back. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's like, come on, man, just chill out. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I totally feel you on yeah, that. Yeah, and then you get yelled at for saying that. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, I yeah, try not to say I that, but like, time. often what happens is he starts displacing the anger, and then I'm like, hey, shut the fuck up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> you so you you feel like if this relationship were to go by the wayside, you would lose those good memories? Or do you feel like they would become bad memories? I I guess, like, I hold on to them for the simple fact of, like, I guess I just... That's the person I fell in love with, you, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's the person I thought, oh, you know, this is him. Mm-hmm. Cool. He's great. He's awesome. This is what I wanted for such a long time and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lover. Mm-hmm. And... I guess to me, like, like I said, there's days where I see that guy and I'm like, hell yeah. Like, this is what, this is what I wanted. And, mm-hmm. but there's days where there's this different person and I'm like, I have no idea who that is. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? He's just having a day and I got to be there for him. I got to be there as best as I can. I know it's not going to be perfect, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I try to do my best. Right. So doodle for you, um... In that situation, so what? What is it that originally? Uh, I, I guess, like, when you think in that kind of nostalgic sense, what is it that? Um, when you think of Kitty in a positive light, what is it that you think of? What is it that draws you towards her? Um, the fact that she can usually not get dragged down in really negative situations, like I do. Like, say <laughs> something is going really wrong, I'm the type where I'm more of just like on the ground freaking out she's the one that's like what the hell are you freaking out about let's just get this taken care of already <laughs> so, she, so she definitely has that quality to her that i do not have she grounds you a little bit which, yeah she's definitely a lot more grounded than i am <laughs> so that's definitely a big positive thing um she's she's the fighter i'm the the please don't hurt me <laughs> and the the i won't throw a punch it we we actually had a situation like that not too long ago Uh-oh. where i i, I should have been throwing punches and instead i was getting my face punched by someone else literally or because i would not throw a punch literally oh my god what the fuck yeah because because i won't fight i don't fight but she does and she would have happily whooped his ass (laughs) but she wasn't there so there are these sort of pauses where doodle has those those good days where he's this kind of a happy-go-lucky uh positive I, I get the sense that he makes you laugh a lot he does that's what i really like about him <laughs> are you sure about that <laughs> yeah so i've noticed that a lot you guys are, are laughing a whole lot while you're together um which i think is cool how many years have you guys been together what are you guys doing Nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, we're actually coming up on our two year two next years. week two year anniversary all next right week. wow next week oh Great! Look at that. Right, right yeah. here when the episode comes out, you'll be at your two weeks. That's what's up. <laughs> Woo-hoo. I know. <laughs> We're gonna be going to a place and doing a thing. <laughs> yeah, come visit us, people. Go to the place while we're doing the thing and shake hands with us. 
Oh we'll see God. you there. <laughs> Doodle and Kitty meet and greet at a <laughs> this disclosed location. location. <laughs> Let me ask kind of a, a question that may be a little uncomfortable, which is okay. And if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. So thinking of this in terms of like other people's relationships and them thinking about what it is that, you know, they're in, in these kinds of situations where they're a zoo with a non-zoo. Um, what would it be that would be the, the thing that breaks the camel's back? What would it be that would be like, you know, this is not going to work. I have to go away. And I want to start with Kitty. I guess for me mm-hmm. is if it's just like our our biggest, I guess, issue for a while was um, us talking more. Mm. And I feel like if we can't communicate anymore, mm-hmm. that's when I know we we can't do this anymore. Mm. That's, that's, that's the deal breaker for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a fair deal breaker. Um, communication is super important in all relationships, so that is definitely true. What about you for, for you, Doodle? Um, my policy's kind of always been as long as she's not just making my life a living hell and as long as she never does anything to try to hurt me or especially hurt my mare, then I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be together. <laughs> don't punch me and we're okay. I think those are fairly decent um, stipulations. Please do not hurt me, and please talk to me. Are, are fair qualifications for continuing a relationship? If there anything else you guys would want to add, let's think about our audience and people who are in these relationships, or thinking about being in these relationships. Is there any advice that you would give to them? And I want to start with Kitty as the non-zoo talking to zoos. I think if you're going to be in a relationship like this. You really need to know what you want and really think about it because it's a struggle every day. Mm. It's and it's not easy. You definitely have to be really stubborn. You <laughs> really have to <laughs> that at least I feel like I think that's the reason why me and him both are still together is we're both very stubborn. Uh, yeah, he's an ass. <laughs> yep. Very stubborn. <laughs> I just feel like it's more if you know you know what you want mm-hmm. and to me like I know what I want and that's what keeps me in this relationship mm-hmm. and that's all people really need to know is if you feel like you can keep going and you want it to be a positive thing then you you know do you and mm-hmm. you know I wish the best for people that are gonna try mm-hmm. yeah and I would like to add in terms of knowing what you want express what you want to your other party um, be yeah. willing to talk about what you want and I think from the beginning probably a good idea to, a good time to try and establish that mm-hmm. now if you were talking to would you say that's advice for both zoo and non-zoo? yeah Okay, Doodle how about you what would your advice be for both zoo and non-zoo? Um, for zoos talking to non-zoo partners Communication is key. Like, absolutely communication is key. Um, don't hide anything. Just put all your cards on the table. Don't keep a couple under the table thinking, well, maybe I'll bring them up later. If your partner can handle everything you've got, then you two are probably going to be sticking together just fine. But you want to make sure you have everything out in the open, talked about, being talked about, thought about right away. Mm -hmm. So if it's not going to work, you guys know we're after the bat so you don't end up getting yourselves tangled up in something that you were not expecting. Right. Because that just makes things very difficult for everyone. Mm-hmm. And then for non-zoo partners talking to zoos, 
it's it's going to be tough. It's definitely going to be tough if you are not, you know, zoo oriented. If you're not zoo friendly mm. too much, um, if you can't really connect with your partner all that well, it's it's going to be kind of tough. Yeah. Um, so you might have to go into it with the expectation of external outlets, mm-hmm. and because right. it for us as zoos, it can be pretty stressful when we're expected to perform oh, zoo exclusive specifically anyway mm-hmm. uh, expected to perform when it's just something we don't do with right. you know two leggers <laughs> before we go you guys uh, why don't we give people an update on where you guys are right now with your relationship so if people remember from my original interview and Kitty's original interview we were uh, not not really doing so good we were kind of having a lot of big problems Mm-hmm. Uh, these days, we've got a lot of those things figured out. Um, there's still some issues we still have to resolve here and there, but we are doing a lot better than we used to be. Before, we were... Yeah, yeah I couldn't <laughs> stand you. Yeah, we were not Wow, good. really? There was a point yeah. where you just could not stand his, his bitch ass? No, not mm-hmm. at all. Like, I was really thinking about just being like, bye. Like, you're on your oh, own. Oh, shit. And I was at points where I was like, uh, I'm just going to not call her today, and I'm just going to go do something else. I'm going to have a me day, and another me day, and another me day, and oh, wow. you, you get the point. So, Kitty, where would you say you're at right now? Um, We're in a lot better place. I'm a lot happier than I was. That's good. Um, there, there are a few things that still need to be, you know, worked out, but I think mm-hmm. that we're both, you know, working towards that, because we both know what we want. We both know we need to work on it together. It can't be mm-hmm. one or the other. Right. And yeah, it's just it's just a work in progress. And I think that's like with any relationship, it's gonna always be like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, I think there's a point where there's always something that kind of strains the relationship. And I, you know, I said with Sigma just a little while ago, um, you know, I, th- I think uh, relationships resilience really depends on um, the two people's ability to fight and make up. Um, because there's always going to be disagreements. And so I'm really glad that you came over the hump where you guys were in a really bad place last time we talked, and now you're in a much better place as you come up on your two-year anniversary. So congratulations on your anniversary, and kudos. Uh, hopefully everything keeps going uh, better and better and better. Yeah, the way things are looking now, I'm pretty sure we're going to be stuck to each other for quite <laughs> a long time. Yeah, for real. Yeah, definitely. We're... Uh, Let's see. I'd say uh, I'm the glue trap, and you're the you're the the regular rat trap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's you're a glue okay. Trap, glue to a rat trap. What what have I walked into here? Yeah. <laughs> I need to get the fuck out of here. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, we're 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 doing good. We're we're having fun. Yeah, and we're happy. That's the important thing. We we're actually happy for once. And there's just like I mentioned earlier, nothing is unknown we know everything about each other at this point and we're not hiding anything anymore we we know it all that's good warts and all warts and all fantastic thank you so much for being willing to both host this episode and talk so candidly about your relationship i so appreciate it thank you so much guys of course yeah no problem all right friends we'll be back here with more zero than thou right after this welcome back to another deliciously salacious episode of ask zooey the number one cross-species advice show in the entire world as of May 15, 2020. I'm the Great Dane with a great mane. 
Zooey. And I'm your fairy godfather surrogate, Steve. Say, Steve, I hear you have your own gig you're promoting now. That's right, Zooey. The long-awaited Zoo Stories podcast premiered last month. And if you haven't heard the first episode yet, feel free to come on down to the farm. That's zoostories.farm and take a listen to our super neat interview with Zooier Than Thou's own love cat. I hope it's tawdry and salacious. Nothing could be as tawdry and salacious as you, my dear Zooey. Oh, do go on. I could endlessly, I'm sure. But we have some advice to dole out and a very interesting question to tackle today. You're on a roll, Steve. That's two impeccably correct statements in a matter of moments. Today's big question comes from In Between in Beaverton. In Between writes, Dear Zooey, there's a gal I really like, a human no less. She's great and I love every moment we spend together. But I'm a dyed-in-the-wool gold star zoo, and I have a certain mare I love very much. We've been together for about seven years, that is, me and my mare. But I was missing some quality human interaction in my life. That's when I met her, the human that completes me in so many ways. She knows I'm a zoo, and she's been very patient with that. But sex is like a really thick fog we can't quite figure out. When I'm making love to my mare, I know she feels left out. But I'm not sure how to include her when she's not a zoo. What do I do? Ah yes, relationships can get very complicated when it's a mare, a zoo, and neither of the two. Sometimes it can feel like you're caught in between a rock and a hard place. In between. Indeed, Steve. But in between, I think the solution to this starts outside of the bedroom. At the core of it, the same insecurities and obstacles that pertain to being open, poly, or into threesomes are in play. And before you tackle zoo sexuality, the first thing you should do is make clear between all parties involved what their boundaries are. Your mare will have no problems being incredibly explicit when her boundaries are crossed. But when dealing with the two-legger side of these relationships, having these conversations up front can save you both a lot of heartache. Open communication and talking out intentions is the key. And that even extends outside of sex. It's worth discussing whether you consider your relationship polyamorous, a two-person open relationship, or a closed relationship with an animal partner, or even something else. And these labels can get a bit weird, but they can help indicate exactly where the boundaries lie. One very common and useful option is to grant your human partner the blessing to sleep with other people, particularly in a situation where one person is exclusively zoosexual and one is exclusively anthroposexual. This can be hard for people who are raised expecting monogamy because jealousy issues can occur, so it's definitely got to be something that both parties agree to with clearly explained boundaries laid out. You both have to trust one another. Outside of this option, making sex work between the three of you requires an exploration of your comfort levels with sexual interactions. I have some pretty good friends who love to tie me up or hold me on a leash while I get pounded by a big boofer. My friends aren't as interested in four-leggers, but they're very interested in anthroposexual BDSM. And they're completely comfortable in a sexual situation involving a four-legger friend. I don't mind being tied up while I'm tied. So in this way, we all get what we crave out of our sexual interactions. Human kink play can be a very useful aspect to the three-way sexual situation. Perhaps your two-legger girlfriend is into voyeurism and would get pleasure from masturbating while you play with your merry mare. Maybe she's into pegging, and if you're open to such things, you could find yourself sandwiched in between the two loves of your life. In between. <laughs> or maybe, the zoo in the audience, your boyfriend has a fascination with toes, and he can hump your feet while you give your canine companion a blowjob. Your comfort level with two-legger sexual interactions also comes into play. 
How do you feel about having your cock sucked while you eat out your mirror? Or how about going down on your human girl while in coitus with your equine lover? Are you open to rubbing her clit while you and your horse make love? A certain rat has expressed an interest in being tied while dragging his tongue over a human lover's backside. Is this something you are comfortable with? For some of us, the answer is a resounding yes. And for others, it's a very uncomfortable no way. You need to be honest with your partner about your boundaries, and if you're unsure, be open to experimenting and be open to changing your boundaries upon discovering new limits or new areas of opportunity for exploration. While we're focusing a lot on the human aspect of this relationship, it should be certainly noted that your four-legged partner has their say in this as well. Mares, for instance, can be particular about who they interact with, and they've got two back legs that could have a lot of say about your girlfriend being an uninvited guest. Your animal lover's feelings on the matter may very well change the boundaries you've set with your human partner, and none of you should be put in a situation where you're uncomfortable or unfulfilled. All relationships require some level of compromise, but there are certain aspects of our lives we can't completely compromise on. For those of us who are zoosexual, that means being in a relationship where we're not allowed to fulfill our sexual desires could be detrimental to our well-being. And for your partners who are anthroposexual, it means that being in a relationship where they can't have their sexual needs fulfilled is equally detrimental. On the other hand, I'm sure my colleague and their perfect hair can agree that forcing your exclusively anthroposexual partner to engage in cross-species sex would be problematic, and the same goes for an exclusively zoosexual partner being forced into sex with a two-legger. I certainly would agree. Perhaps there's not a great compromise when it comes to sex for you. Our advice can't account for the myriad dynamics of these sorts of relationships. But we definitely think that any and all relationships can benefit from time taken to lay out boundaries and expectations, sexual and otherwise, honestly and openly. We hope your relationships are only strengthened by these discussions in between, and may you come to a compromise where everyone's needs and desires are met. And that's our show, dear listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in. We look forward to answering all your Zooey relationship questions next episode. Keep those submissions coming. We'll see you next time on Ask Zooey. Same zoo time, same zoo channel. Thanks, friends, for listening to Zooer Than Thou. Join us next time for a discussion on zoos, careers, and lifestyles. It will be a pretty substantive topic, so don't miss it. You can subscribe to the podcast via our Zooey RSS feed. Just point your favorite podcast client at rss.zoo.wtf and off you go. You can find us anywhere fine podcasts are distributed. YouTube, Spotify, Alexa, or watch out for horse apples. Our podcast website is still zoo.wtf, as in what the fuck? They let a non-zoo host this episode? Our Twitter is at zooier than thou. And you can follow Zooey's naughty advice at AskZooey. Follow Doodle at one dapper donkey. That's the number one. And leave me the hell alone. I ain't on Twitter. A reminder that we have a form that enables anonymous submissions to the podcast on our website, zoo.wtf. You can tell us about your relationship woes. Ask Zooey for 10 hot tips for making Doodle Donkey's dick drop. <laughs> or send us 54 messages that say, lol, fuck you, which we will simply mass delete. You can also simply email us at mail at zoo.wtf. Or at female at zoo.wtf. Share this podcast with the non-zoo that's special in your life. Maybe it will be eye-opening. <laughs>
All non-humans who contribute to this podcast don't understand why humans are so complicated, but they love them all the same. Mules are sterile while donkeys are fertile, but neither mind a little bit of sexy time, if you're asking. A reminder to donate to our Help Save My Dot Dog campaign. We're all having hard times right now, but if anyone has a little extra to spare, please consider putting it towards a good cause. Contributions help pay for Lucy's health care and eventually will help her walk again. This is a seriously hopeful case. Lucy can walk again, and with your help. I'm Kitty, and I'm a sweet pussy. And I'm Doodle, horse whisperer and internet loudmouth. And you're almost finished listening to Zooer Than Thou. Stay defiant, fellow zoos. We'll see you next time when you feel like howling at the moon. Yeah! Aww. 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 <laughs> like you mean it. <laughs> <laughs>